Welcome to KXA News. Today, we want to go over your Tuesday morning headlines. Rescuers in California still hoping to find a five-year-old boy swept away by floodwaters. The boy was with his mother when their truck got stuck. Crews calling off the search after seven hours. At that point, the water levels got just too dangerous. The White House is acknowledging a small number of documents marked classified were found in a locked closet in an office space at the Penn Biden Center. That's in Washington, D.C. The space was used by Joe Biden after vice presidency, but before he was elected president. The papers were discovered the day before the midterm election and were turned over to the Department of Justice. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton is supporting the federal communications proposal. This would prevent illegal spam texts. The FCC proposing a rule to require mobile wireless providers block illegal text messages at the network level. That's if they appear to be from an invalid or unused number. And lawmakers are back to work at the Texas Capitol this morning. The state's next legislative session is beginning today. Good morning, I'm Tom Miller. Good morning, I'm Sally Hernandez. I want to give you a live look right now at the state capitol that you can see right there in the center of your screen. Lawmakers are going to meet there for a swearing-in ceremony. It's for the members of the House, and that's going to start at noon. And some of the key issues the Republican-controlled legislature will be focused on include property tax relief, improving the power grid, school choice, and parental rights, school security also on the list, and cracking down on fentanyl. Lawmakers are going to have a record $33 billion budget surplus going into the next session. The state's top accountant announcing Texas is projected to have more money than ever before. However, controller Glenn Hager is urging lawmakers be more prudent when it comes to surplus spending and think long term. They can take some of those dollars and put it to the side for investment infrastructure, in investing in infrastructure, say for example, whether it's broadband or roads or water. So there's some creative opportunities that they can make very openly, transparently. We're setting this aside per se. We're not spending it today, but we're setting it aside to make sure that future generations continue to have the economic opportunities that we're having here in Texas today. Hagar also says he expects lawmakers to prioritize property tax cuts in his campaign, Governor Greg Abbott promised to spend up to half the budget surplus on that. First warning weather with meteorologist Kristen Curry. A good Tuesday morning. We appreciate you waking up with us. Maybe you're taking us along your walk or your jog this morning. Hey, let me get you to your forecast here because you've probably noticed it if you've taken a peek outside or if you're outside. It's a little foggy this morning. Have those low clouds sitting on top of the city. This is the view from the Lorenz and Lorenz 360 camera, kind of cutting off the tops of the buildings there with those low clouds. But temperature-wise, we're much milder. 50s, low 60s out there for most of us, 61 in Austin, 60 in Bastrop, 52 in Lampasas, 55 in Fredericksburg, still sitting in the 60s down in Caldwell County. Visibility-wise, you'll notice we're not perfect out there. I-35 Eastern counties, we've got reduced visibilities, and because it's uh, dense in patches, they went ahead and issued a uh, dense fog advisory for the I-35 corridor portions of the southeastern counties here. So this is the National Weather Service saying, hey, we're seeing some visibility issues. I'm seeing the same thing. This is going to be
to be something you want to factor in for, for your morning commute. That being said, bus stop forecast parents getting the kids ready for school. Probably a light coat if they need it this morning. Certainly not needing it this afternoon. We are on our way to 82 degrees. Yes, it's still January and we're talking 80s. But how long do these nice spring-like temperatures last? I'll have that answer for you coming up in your first morning forecast. We know you will, Kristen. Thank you so much for that. We have new details emerging from one local school district about its ongoing fight against fentanyl. Hayes CISD sent during the holiday break, it had three cases of suspected accidental fentanyl overdoses involving students as young as 13 years old. And that is already on top of the student that we told you about yesterday morning who died from the drug the first week of January. The development comes as Georgetown ISD held an information session about the rise in drug overdoses. And this was just last night. The district brought in an expert to help parents and students understand the dangers of this drug. And parents say the discussion is helping them communicate better with their kids. It's really difficult as a parent to be able um, to speak to something that we don't have all the details about. And so um, for them to bring a professional out to really kind of break the science down and how it affects their brain um, was really valuable. Now I can have a, a feels like a, a better conversation with my daughter. Williamson County has seen an 8% increase in the number of opioid overdoses since 2021. Texas is near the top of a new study again, but this one is not for the right reasons. No, the new data shows it ranks second in the country when it comes to small businesses failing to pay rent, especially restaurants. It's from the Texas Restaurant Association. It says rent may be especially hard to meet for Austin restaurants. That's because retail rent here has increased by more than 8%. It's more than other major metros in Texas, like Dallas-Fort Worth and Houston. And on top of other rising costs like labor and supplies. We're in a hole in terms of construction and commercial real estate availability. So that once again is driving costs up. And then trying to keep up with all the rising costs of everything. So it's just, you know, the pivot is real. The Restaurant Association says it is hoping some relief is in sight. The group's going to talk to lawmakers about property tax relief for small businesses using some of the state's budget surplus. It also hopes to work with Austin's new mayor, Kirk Watson, on how to save some of the city's historic small businesses. We all know restaurants have faced a tough time for several years. Texas Restaurant Association saying about 9,000 restaurants closed during the pandemic. That is one in every five. A new report found 54 shut down in just downtown Austin between February 2020 and August 2022. But that same Downtown Austin Alliance report shows other businesses filled those spaces. Showed there were about the same number of downtown restaurants this fall as there were when the pandemic started. We are kicking off our superintendent series this week. What constant problem Lake Travis ISD says it's been facing. College football season came to an end last night, no doubt. Who the best team is and We'll hear from Longhorn players for the first time since the firing of head coach Chris Beard. All that's coming up. There's some breaking news we want to tell you about. Austin police are currently blocking off an area in North Austin. And this is a live look out at what looks like a neighborhood at South Meadows Drive. Uh, for some context, this is just south of Breaker Lane. 
But you can see police are still on the scene. It's a very active situation that our photographer is showing us this morning. Uh, right now, we are still waiting for details from the Austin Police Department to let us know exactly what's happening as APD once again is investigating some kind of activity in North Austin. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning to you. College football season came to an end last night in L.A., and it was more of a coronation than a game. TCU and Georgia. TCU, the first Big 12 team to play for a national title in the playoff format. They cut it to a 10-7 game, and then it was all Georgia. All Georgia. 38 in the first half, 55 unanswered, 65 in the game. 65 to seven, Georgia cements their spot in history as they go back to back with one of the most convincing wins in any championship in any sport. So we'll start it all up again in the first week of September. College basketball, well, the Longhorns are back home this week for a couple of games. Texas now ranked 10th in the AP poll. Not heard from the players since the firing of Chris Beard. You can imagine tough on all of them, especially the young guys and Rodney Terry, now the acting head coach for the rest of the year, said he has talked to Beard, didn't talk to him until after the decision to fire him was final, says Beard cares about the program, but says that's where it has to stop right now. Myself, our coaching staff, we're going to have to coach this team. And we, we've been coaching this team from the time that everything happened. So, you know, whether I talk to Chris and, and have a conversation to him about our game or maybe a different game, you know, it has no bearing on who's coaching the team. I'm coaching the team right now. I have the direction of the team. I have a great staff behind me. And, uh, and I have a team that I feel like that's bought into trying to achieve all the goals that we set out to this season. It was upsetting for the young guys being 17, 18, 19-year-olds that chose the University of Texas to come play for Coach Beard. was an extremely difficult situation for them and them asking the older guys how to handle it. We had to re reiterate, you can control what you can control. You go in, you have your best day of practice. We are there for them. The coaches are there for them. And just put good days on top of good days to help move through this. Yeah, they hope to have a good day tomorrow against one of the best. TCU comes in ranked 17th in the nation. UT women in action tonight at Moody Center. They take on Kansas. Back to you. Still ahead, how you can help out at this year's South by Southwest Festival. Even score some free entry to shows. Video of a self-driving car caught veering into a bike lane. The company's response after a bicyclist questions the safety of that. Good morning, everyone. Happy Tuesday, January the 10th. First day back to school for Austin ISD. Kiddos, teachers, and staff all waking up early later on today. We're going to talk about your weather coming up in just the next few minutes. But when it comes to school, you know this week we are kicking off our superintendent series on KXAN News Today. And we're beginning with Lake Travis ISD, where a problem that's plagued the district all year long remains. I was able to talk with the superintendent, Paul Norton, about hiring more bus drivers. But we started our conversation with safety. So much of the focus going into this school year was on school safety after what happened in Uvalde. And... All the districts were inspected by the state. 
How did Lake Travis do, and, and what have you been doing on school safety? Sure. Since the incident happened in Uvalde last May, it's been a huge point of emphasis for just about every school district, uh, school safety, and no different here in Lake Travis. School safety has been very important for many years, and so we have looked at our safety plan. We've been very fortunate. We have our own police department uh, that allows us to implement some things and do some things that other districts may not be able to imp implement quite as quickly. We have had a safety audit from the state of Texas. Uh, we scored great. No deficiencies, no issues at all. Staffing is a big issue for sure. a lot of school districts. And, and I looked this morning, there's 117 openings in your district. What is Lake Travis doing to, to get more people, and, and how is that impacting things? Sure, the 117, that's positions that we have posted. And so some of those are in preparation for next year, so we don't necessarily have 117 openings right now. Our biggest concerns and shortfalls right now are bus drivers. Uh, continue to be a shortage area for us, and then in the area of special ed. Uh, we continue to have shortage with special ed teachers, special ed aides, and that's something that we're constantly working on. Uh, we've been going to different job fairs, we've been working with different groups to try to improve our numbers uh, in that area, as well as in food service. Are there still students who need a ride to school but can't get a ride to school because there's just not enough drivers? Sure, we're short uh, about 35 to 40 bus drivers. Um, and so as we continue to grow as a school district, that's going to be more and more of a, a struggle for us to try to find ways, innovative ways to hire bus drivers. We know the state legislature is going to be working with a significant budget surplus. Are there some things that you would like them to direct that money towards? Sure. The first thing is to address the staffing shortages. And how we do that is that we put more money into education. And so uh, one of our top legislative priorities is funding for schools. Uh, since the last funding increase for educators, uh, which was in 2019, the cost of living in index has gone up 12%, and we have not received 1% of an increase. And so that is a big push for us this legislative session. Paul Norton with Lake Travis ISD, thank you for your time. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate you coming in today. You can catch our interviews with local superintendents all week. Yes, tomorrow I am going to be um, giving you the story from Leander ISD. I'm talking to the superintendent today. You can catch that interview tomorrow with, um, with him over on KXAN.com. All right, South by Southwest, let's talk about that. Only two months away and organizers need your help to make sure that it all goes smoothly. So it takes place March 10th through the 19th and organizers are looking for volunteers. In exchange for that, you could get into some events for free. If you're interested, you are encouraged to sign up online or attend one of the South by Southwest volunteer calls. The first is this coming Sunday, January 15th. The second is the following Tuesday on January 17th. What a cool way to, you know, get involved. Exactly. Always, yeah. You know, because mm -hmm. those things ain't cheap. We yeah. know that as far as yeah. like the entries go. So you give a little, you get a little. I love that they do this. Mm -hmm. Really neat. Okay, let me show you what's going on with your forecast here. Clouds and radar not giving us anything too spectacular. We are dry today, and you will not need that rain gear today nor tomorrow, really, so put it away. Live look outside. Whittlesea Landscape Supplies weather camera there in Round Rock. You'll notice it's a little gray up top. We've got some low clouds kind of just hovering above us. 60 degrees this morning. Those clouds kind of help trap some of the heat that we accumulated yesterday. So our temperatures are much warmer. We're seeing widespread upper 50 
50s to low 60s along and east of I-35, a mix of those 40s and 50s out in the hill country. But every one of us warmer, anywhere from 5 to 20 degrees warmer. And we're going to continue this warming trend this afternoon. We'll be a good 10 degrees warmer than what we felt yesterday. The one little hurdle we've got to get past is this fog. The visibility is right now down to just a few miles in some spots. Like we talked about earlier, dense fog advisory in place for our south and southeast counties until 10 a.m. But once we hit lunchtime, it's only up from there. Temperatures in the 70s, climbing to the low 80s underneath that mainly sunny sky. The fog is only a morning event. It will not be here all day. We can see that on our clouds and radar. You'll notice it disappears by lunch and then it's just smooth sailing for the rest of the afternoon and early evening. A little more cloud cover arrives overnight into tomorrow morning. Same kind of thing. A little fog possible for Wednesday. Wednesday afternoon on the dry side with more sunshine. But then Wednesday night to early Thursday morning, here comes our next cold front. I've dropped our rain chances out of the forecast. I don't think we're going to be close enough here in central Texas to see that rain. We'll get some cloud cover out of it. We'll get a whole lot of wind out of it. But we're not expected to see anything in the way of meaningful rainfall here. Our, our rainfall potential is just not necessarily anything that I'm, I'm too excited about. Computer froze up on me. So let me try and get back to your seven day forecast because as far as what's going on with the numbers here, we are going to be unseasonably warm in the 80s and then we're going to continue with those 80s. I promise you there's 80s. We're going to show you that seven day forecast here in just a few minutes. Okay, Kristen, thank you so much for that. It's still unclear this morning whether the parents of a six year old who shot his teacher will be charged. Last night, a vigil was held in Newport News, Newport News, Virginia, for Abigail Zwiener, who was shot by her student on Friday. Police revealed the boy pulled out his mother's handgun and intentionally shot the 25-year-old while she was teaching class. They say even though she was shot, she immediately protected her students and ushered them out of the room. Mrs. Warner was the last person to leave that class. She made a right turn and started down the hallway, and then she stopped. And she turned around. She turned around to make sure that every one of those students was safe. The 25-year-old teacher remains hospitalized but is in stable condition. Back here in Central Texas, even though Austin's population continues to grow, the city's black population is shrinking. It's a big problem. 15 years ago, the city implemented dozens of initiatives to improve the quality of life for black people. But what's happened with those efforts since then? A 2008 city study looked at arts and culture, business and economic development, employment and education, health and neighborhood sustainability. Okay, a lot of things to look over. It marked notes on how to improve each one I just listed through grants, partnerships and outreach that the city promised to do. But essentially the city hasn't been able to give us an update on those initiatives. It referred us to the African American Leadership Advisory Commission. We saw efforts and notes, but we saw no progress in my opinion. They haven't invested money required to make equity. Going in depth here, the city recently did a survey looking into another community. The 2021 survey by Austin's LGBTQ plus commission found respondents want to create more LGBTQ community spaces. The report says many people surveyed feel accepted and safe with chosen family and friends at work but not in public places like restaurants. Queer people of color, young people, and transgender or gender expansive individuals had a greater percentage of negative interaction with law enforcement. 
Study also found 17% of respondents spent half their monthly income on housing. Instances of discrimination against LGBTQ plus people seeking housing were reported during those interviews. You can read the full study at KXAN.com. Some students in Georgetown have spent the last few months building an electric car. That's so cool. And the Bill Ramada shows us how the skills are preparing them for the future. Inside the garage. Let's turn our main contact on. At Georgetown High School. All these wires go to them. You'll find automotive students hard at work. Power relay, good. Mm -hmm. Fuse box, good. Yeah. And there's one specific car that's creating quite the buzz. This is our 1992 Fox Body Mustang. On the outside, it looks like a Mustang, but under the hood. I never thought I was going to work in electric cars. Kelly Mayo began this work with his students at the start of the school year. It wasn't like we bought a kit and said, okay, step one, step two, step three. It was, okay, what is step one? Maybe we could just move this. Through trial and error. Might have to extend it just a little bit. This has been, really been a, um, a labor of love. Each day, students had to figure out how to get the car running. And the biggest challenge for sure is all the just little details, all the problems. This is definitely more than what you'd see in a regular car. But all that hard work and planning finally paid off a few weeks ago when they got it running. I love driving this car. I feel so proud every time we get to pull it out. Mayo says the class allows students to learn the basics of changing a tire or prepare them for a career in the automotive industry. Yeah, electric vehicles are where it's at. It's the future. Nabil Ramadna, KXAN News. Mayo says they received a grant to buy some of those parts for the electric car. At the moment, it only drives a little bit, short distance, but they do hope to add some battery power to the car. Yeah. Going further here, we know the Austin area invested a lot of time, a lot of money and resources into Tesla's new Gigafactory. That includes workforce training and development for local students. Del Valley ISD has a Pathway to Technology program. It's with Tesla and Austin Community College. Program has four and five-year pathways for students, prepares them for jobs with many companies in the industry. 2021, the district said around 46 graduating seniors signed on with Tesla. Thanks for joining KXAN News today. You can also listen to KXAN News Nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.